off after a summer of hard work. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Wales are in Japan, and it's a third World Cup for Wayne George North. Slightly less nervous than I was in my first World Cup, but equally the same amount of nerves and excitement. Yeah, it's been uh, a long three months of pre-season, so uh, ready to go. Quinn Jones is covering loose head and tight head prop positions, but he's experienced that before, says Marvin Quinn's coach and former Scarlet's colleague, Emir Phillips. He made his debut, actually, for 10 minutes of tight head against Neath when I was playing, so uh, his strength is his scrummaging, he loves it, he's got a great mentality to scrummage, so I think, you know, he's going to slot straight into that. On the schools and colleges league kicks off. From a competition perspective, when we play a lot of fixtures over the bridge and things against you, you like to see Harpies and your Exeter colleges, and they're quite envious of what we got as a product. Lee Davis, head of rugby, the defending champions, Colo become out there. Much more in the schools and colleges league later, and the WIU's new digital learning initiative. But we'll start with some more stories from within the Wales squad in Japan. George North may still be young in years, but he's a veteran of two previous World Cups. I've heard that a lot, but I like to state that I'm a young veteran, as in like young in years. Yeah, no, third World Cup, you know. Um, I guess when you're a young kid growing up, you never expect, you know, you just play for Wales once is enough, you know, and be able to say I've gone, well, hopefully we're going to three World Cups is, is something special, you know, and um, I like to think I'm slightly less nervous than I was at my first World Cup, but equally the same amount of nerves and excitement. You know, with me today and it's a weird feeling because obviously super excited so it's something that obviously you see I got a smile on my face I'm excited for it now and looking forward to it and yeah it's been uh, a long three months of pre-season so uh, ready to go. And the two have been very different from a back's point of view from your point of view first one with no injuries team selection very consistent second one loads of injuries out in the wide positions. Yeah uh, hopefully we go back to the first one again. <laughs> But yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you look at 11, you know, we had uh, dogs. you know, no one really thought we'd get past the group stage and we end up in the, in the semi, you know, and then 15, you know, we, we were plagued by injury, you know, I think even in these warm-up games we were plagued, we, you know, and then we came to that England game in Twickenham, we had, was it three nines on, the, on one point on the field or two nines on a wing and, uh, and vice versa, you know, and, and we still got the job done. The prep this time, I think, has been probably one of the best we've ever had. The boys are in good shape, you know, it's been difficult, difficult for the boys, you know, with... I guess trying to get their reps in, trying to get me in that shop window during training and the pressure that puts on you. So when you are in, you've got to make sure you're shining. And, you know, I think that standard has really pushed on, you know, and it's sort of driven certainly the older boys who have been here a little bit while to push them on another level and it's brought the younger boys on again, you know. So for, from our point of view, you know, I don't think we can be in a better place. Everyone always focused on the prep and the amount of work you put in. Has that built over the, the three World Cups? Um, I think if you look at it, you know, this is probably the only one true pre-season you ever get as a professional you know, with, uh, within the circle of you know, internationals and stuff and summer tours. And, you know, you look back and go, oh, 2011 was hard, you know, 2015 was well, the hardest one I've done. And, you know, looking back now with the camp we've done, you know, look at the numbers and where we've come and what we've covered, you know, it's been worlds apart from what we did in 2015, you know. And as you guys well know, that the game develops and the way the game develops, we've got to change our conditioning and stuff. And, you know, it's reflected that and it has been tough but it's something that we've got done you know so for our point of view it's exciting to get the rugby done now <laughs> we've done all the, the running and all the uh, the lifting and the horrible stuff and it's just a pointy end of the stick you know it's the good stuff comes now and uh, the rugby comes you talk about the game developing there seems to be uh, an enthusiasm for getting the ball wide maybe using the wings a lot more through, through a kicking game direct to hands as well is that something you can expect to see if I tell you, you can't tell anyone else. <laughs> I think if you look at the way that it's developed, you know, the speed of ball has gone through the roof now. You know, play, uh, teams are trying to keep 
uh, you know, ball in the park longer, you're trying to go through longer phases, there's less set piece, you know, people are trying to take that set piece away from teams with, with dominance from there, you know, the aerial battle has gone another level now, you know, where that that kick pass or that kick to clatter is, is huge, you know, and it's certainly exciting for the back three, it's certainly exciting for the back line, you know, where, um, you know hopefully you get a bit of more opportunities in, in the counter-attack and, and going forward onto the ball. How much do you and Dan stay out at the end of a training session and just practice that cross-kick? We're very lucky. We've got enough reps during the day, but a lot of the stuff is, yeah, it's just reps and reps and reps, you know, last, you know, not just last couple of weeks, it's been the last few months, you know, where every day it's, Work on a new skill, trying to keep it going, keep it going, and then just trying to push under pressure now. And you know that is the benefit of these games. Pre-World Cup, you know, people are umming and iron and saying the good, saying the bad. But in my opinion, you know, you need to sharpen your sword, ready to go against the best teams. You know, and I think we, we're able to do that, and we're very lucky to do that. We're looking at the Australia games being a big one. How important was it to beat them last year? You'd have tasted line success against them as well, of course. You can't really read too much into that. You know, if you look at them now, where they were like a few months ago, they're a completely different team. You know, and and beat the All Blacks, so they, they know what it takes. For us, that's probably our big game, with followed very quickly by Fiji, you know, and I think the way that our group is, is structured is going to benefit us, hopefully. You know, we've got um, one game before Australia, uh, leading in, and then, yeah, it's just got to hold on to the end, then, you know, and you know, hopefully the boys have done enough prep now and enough work, and, you know, the, the hard work still yet to come. How much do you know about Japan? Not a huge amount. Obviously, I've been very fortunate to tour the world with rugby, but never been to Japan, and... As most of the boys haven't been, so I think myself and all the boys included are very excited. Again, it's a whole new cultural to, to experience, a whole new world, you know, and I think all the boys are very excited for that. A chance now to hear from a couple of players called Aaron. One towards the end of his career, the other near the beginning, but both going to their first World Cups. In a moment, Aaron Wainwright, but first, Aaron Shingler. Feels great, you know, it's been um, a few tough, tough months training, you know, but obviously it's great to get the call up. A couple of years ago, you were frustrated with your international chances. You were on the verge of writing them off. What's changed? I don't know. I just keep working hard, really. And obviously, I didn't play last 12 months, but the 12 months before that, I obviously put in some good performances they were happy with. And I've trained well uh, the last few months, and performances on the field the last few games have, have been to a decent standard, a few areas to improve on. But obviously, just coming back into the game after a long break, you know, I feel like I'm in a good place. And, of course, your uh, versatility has uh, stood you in good stead for this one? Uh, yeah, that's probably what's helped me the most, really. I've been training quite a lot in the second row. I've played in the second row the last three games uh, at some point, so that's obviously helped me a lot to be able to cover both positions. Especially with Corey Hill, I suppose, missing the, the first game or two? Yeah, obviously he's struggling, so um, me being able to get in there as well, if needed, is, is a big help for me, really, and, and the squad. What's the whole experience mean to you at this stage of your career then? It's massive, you know, because obviously you look back on your career and you say about what experiences you had and, you know, what does it feel like to play in certain games and, and certain tournaments and this is going to be my first World Cup and I'm given my age, you know, it's going to probably be difficult to get to the next one. So it was, it's just great come the end of my career, I can look back on this and say, you know, you know I achieved that and uh, I experienced it. So how far can Wales go, do you think, in this uh, tournament? George is a, is a huge game to perform well and then you know obviously you've seen the performances the last 18 months they've been strong it's a very strong squad so there's no reason why we, we can't do as much as, or as good as we can do really you know without saying it but um, 
Yeah, obviously it's an exciting squad and, and with a lot of belief here, really. Everyone will be looking for some experience of what it's like to play in Japan. You you haven't done that, but your, your brother Stephen has. Have you been yeah. on the phone saying what's it like? I haven't, but I, maybe I should, you know. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be different. I've never been out there, but I'm told conditions are slightly different. So we, we go out there, I think, 11 days before the first game, so it's plenty of time to adapt and, and to make any adjustments we need. How important these days is the, the defence of the lineup, being able to try and get up there, being able to try and steal the ball, one of your specialities? Yeah, obviously that's uh, something I work hard on, and if you can steal a ball in, in crucial areas, it, it can change the game, you know. So, um, I said, it's something I take a lot of pride in and I make sure people are lifting me as hard as they can, and that's key as well. It's massive for me. Um, ever since I took up playing rugby and started progressing, my goal and my dream was to, to play for Wales and achieve that. The next step, obviously, is getting selected for a World Cup squad, and I've done that, so yeah, it's a massive achievement. It means a lot to my friends and family. I've had a lot of messages, a lot of thank yous to say to previous coaches and people who've helped me along the way, so yeah, it's, it's amazing. And it's only, what, four or five years since you're dreaming of being a professional footballer? Yeah, I was at Cardiff City, got released from them, changed paths, but, but yeah, it's a bit of a different twist. Enjoying it, though. Given that you know a lot of players come through academies from 13, 14 or whatever and have rugby drilled into them every inch of the way, has it been a sort of sharp learning curve for yourself in the last two or three years? Yeah, obviously completely different sports tactically, but the, the physical sort of side of things was developed when I was playing football, so my work rate and fitness, that's come from football, I say, is just... The, the skills, different shape ball, that's, that's a difference. But, um, but yeah, that's helped me a lot. hope you weren't quite as physical when you were playing football. Then, <laughs> no, so. no, diff- much different body shape, yeah. A little bit shorter, quite lighter as well, so, yeah. What about your role, then, in the back row? What do you see as your strengths in taking part in this Welsh squad? What will you bring to them? My work rate, I think, when I'm on the pitch, I work very hard, the amount of tackles I make, um, and line speed, I think, is something I bring to the team. Warren said... Uh, the start of the campaign, what do you bring this, this extra and what's going to make you stand out? And I think in the games I've played, I've showed what I can bring and hopefully I can keep working on that and build into the World Cup. Do you think you'll have time to enjoy the experience to realise what it's uh, the magnitude of it while you're out there? Hopefully. I've spoken to a couple of people and they've said Japan's lovely, culture out there is amazing, so hopefully I get to embrace a bit of that on the, the downtime we get. But obviously the main focus will be on winning the pool games and then hopefully progressing into the knockout stages. How high do you think the level of expectation is on Wales? I mean, at least you're not number one in the in the world anymore, which yeah. might have been a bit, a bit of a uh, an unwanted tag at times. Um, yeah, I think the expectations are quite high. Winning the Six Nations, the Grand Slam, people are expecting us to do well. Hopefully, we can we can do that. Hopefully, we can win all our pool games and then push on. But there's a good feeling about the camp and everything's building towards that. So hopefully, we can do well. You've already tasted an amount of success that most people don't manage in a whole career. What's that like in terms of coming to terms with it? Obviously, when you're in the moment, you sort of don't really realise what you're doing. It's the Six Nations, for example, only till after when you get the medal and take it home and you sat down with your family. You don't really realise until then how big of a deal it is. And when you speak to your friends about previous times that Wales have done that, realise how big of an occasion and how big an event it is. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty special. Just talking to Aaron, it's his first World Cup as well, but obviously at a, at a different end of a career mm. spectrum. So a lot of players spend years and years waiting for this. You've come through the last year or two really fast. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been a 
fast, fast couple of years. But obviously, these senior players have helped me get here, guided me well throughout the squad, helped me with weaknesses that I've worked on over the past couple of years. But yes, it's an exciting mix of senior boys and younger boys, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can do well. Athleticism has been one of the things people have said about you the last few months, where I guess that's been tested to the limit. <laughs> yeah, game's real fast. Obviously, training's been really hard. Switzerland and Turkey, both real hard camps. Very fortunate they're only going to come around in another four years. One of them will be going back anytime soon. But yeah, they've been hard. Boys have been through some dark places. But hopefully, we like, it pays dividends and we reap the benefits and fitness are shown on the, in the games. On to the props now. Let's speak to both tight heads. In a moment, Dylan Lewis. But first, was Thomas Francis still nervous about the squad selection? Yeah, 100%. Between 1 and 2 o'clock, you uh, didn't want your phone to ring, so uh, I think Dan Bigger ran me at 5 to 2 and sketched me out of it, but now you never know with Gat. He's not scared of that big decision, and you just hope you've done enough. It's out of your hands by that point. Obviously, some exciting moments when you get your first cap and the player that's standing in for the first time and all those sorts of things, but how different is a World Cup from a player's point of view? Last time, it was all in one for me, my first cap, my first camp, and the first World Cup. It was in England, so it was a bit easier. You had the family here and everything, so I'm excited to experience one abroad, to be honest. And as you say, it was all new to you then. You were, you were coming into the squad, and there was an exception at the start. Maybe Samson would probably be the number one. You were fairly clearly going as the, as the number one choice this time around. As soon as I think I'm number one, I won't be, so I'm never going to think that. It was obviously Dell as well and win, so it's going to be good competition. But, yeah, last time... Samson's obviously out with his Achilles, he was coming back and he was perceived as, as the number one and I guess I like the underdog tag and trying to take that shirt. How different a player are you now from the one that played four years ago? Oh, the game's evolved so much. You can see that with Owen Franks not going to New Zealand. The scrum is still important for a tight head, but the amount of work you have to do around the park now has gone through the roof. And Wales now, we split the time quite well, so you know you, you've probably not got 80 minutes and you're as a tight head, but you've got a lot more work to do. Four years ago, 80 minutes work is probably condensed into about 50 now in the instances, the scrums, the breakdowns, the defensive breakdowns, tackles. There's a lot more instances in the game with the ball in play. It just sounds like a little bit more complicated. They've changed the rules in the scrum just before the World Cup. How's that been going? How do you think it will go? We're looking at most of the games, it's gone quite well. There's been a gap and we've been completed scrums and still a contest. So hopefully if it plays like that, obviously we're still interpretations. People can interpret different different refs, but the more games you see, the more footage you get, the more you can practice, the more you can uh, get used to it, I guess. Quite a few of your extra teammates will be involved at the World Cup as well. Will you keep in touch with them? Yeah, probably. I'm having to touch with them now, the boys in England camps, ask how their training is there. They were in contact when I was in Turkey. And obviously, join the groups and not on our groups. I'll probably have a bit of friendly chat, but obviously, hopefully, meet them later on. It's going to be a fairly intense beginning to this. Obviously, Australia's the massive game, six day turnaround. What are your thoughts going into that? Forefront of our minds turns to Georgia, then we'll turn to Australia. I think if you take anyone lightly in the World Cup, you'll pay the consequence. Looking ahead to that Georgia game, of course, that's going to start up front. You know where Georgia are going to come from, you know where they're arguably as good as anybody around. And obviously, as a front row group, we're not happy where the scrum's been the last few games, and we've got training time to put it right. And, and obviously, with new rules, it is going to get some used to. We, we felt we got the scrum right in the Six Nations, we were solid there, and personnel hasn't changed, so we'll be back ourselves to get back there. 
obviously it's about Georgia. They will try and take us on up front. As a front row forward, you've got to enjoy that. That's where the game's won and lost. There isn't many games you can win without a scrum nowadays. Without a line-out, you can probably get through. Without a scrum, it's tough, tough to win. So, no, it'll be a good challenge. I'm excited for that. Well, everyone always says line-out's a team effort with all the forwards. It's been a bit weird, hasn't it? England, it was a bit... First game, it was all June strength. Second game, it was perfect. Oh, we worked loads, but obviously it's all about analysis and you don't want to show too many cards too early. You've got to keep some in the bank and... Line-out defence has gone up massively. Props now talk, they run the line-out D here. It's, everyone's got a role and you have to be on top of your drill, on top of the throw to win it. And it was obviously 100% was good against England, but that's the target every time. But you can have a bad day, you've just got to stick to your process and not try and change the wheel, as they say. It's a bit surreal, really. I think it's something when you're a kid, you you know you always dream of. You know, not just playing for Wales, but getting named in the World Cup squad and going to a World Cup. So, yeah, it's a bit shocked, really. It's been a bit of a whirlwind years. This is the, just to tip it all off. So, yeah, excited. And I can't wait to see what comes now. Family and friends reaction. Yeah, my father rang me, um, FaceTime me, they're out in Corfu at the moment on holidays. Um, so my father rang me, he's crying on the phone and uh, he's over the moon. But it's, it's obviously, it's nice for them to see that now because all the time they print me when I was younger and, yeah. you know, all the sacrifice and stuff. So, yeah, no, it's really good. And a nice touch uh, with that uh, announcement on video, you know, you uh, paid reference to Bethai and it, it doesn't get any more local than that, does it? Yeah, you know, I got to you know, give credit to, to Freddie he announced it for me and it's one of those things I went to be there and you know never really be made to feel more welcome at the club yeah. it is a credit to them as a club and as individuals it's fantastic and you know I owe a lot to them as well and in terms of Japan then what are you looking forward to in terms of experiencing the culture the language the whole off the field uh, experience yeah, I think it would definitely be different to one in on Ponty High Street, I think. But um, <laughs> but no, it's something I look forward to. You know, Obviously, we're lucky enough we get to travel quite a bit with rugby and definitely be interesting going to Japan, uh, you know, a bit of sushi and uh, <laughs> to soak up the culture. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Facebook uh, to hand as well? I think Google Translate be getting used quite a bit out there, I think. <laughs> listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Well, Scarlet's prop Wynne Jones is covering both loose head and tight head positions. Having come through the ranks of the Premiership with Landovery, what does going to a World Cup mean to him? Uh, obviously it means a lot, you know, it's been a, a hard uh, summer for us all and uh, no, obviously it's a, the aim was to try and get in the World Cup squad and now that we made it, it's, uh, no, I'm really happy. Just five props, you're the man to double up, we're told. To be versatile was key, I think, to try and make the squad. And I've hit a few scrums of tight dead, and only haven't done it once before for the Scarlets. You know, it, it is a big ask, but uh, no, it's something I look forward to. Is that something that you expect to have to do in a match sometime, or is that just an emergency if someone's injured? You know, I think it's just an emergency uh, mainly. You know, but because obviously we've taken only five props, we could take another position. So I think it was key to versatility in the front row. Well, there should be plenty of uh, game time for you across the four games, anyway. Plus. Hopefully, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, four plus. Yeah. What about uh, the whole experience of being part of the World Cup, being out in Japan, concentrated in a, in a group for weeks on end? What are you expecting from that? You know, we've been together now all summer, and it's been it's a tight squad, and I look forward now to completing the journey. Really, you know, um, it's something you've always wanted to do is playing the World Cup, and I look forward to it. Is it a little bit strange though, knowing that a couple of your Scarlets mates have uh, missed out at this stage? 
yeah, you know, it was always going to be hard for the boys who's going to miss out. We all knew that when we first started, you know, start the summer, we knew that the squad was to be cut and everyone's trained really well and it's just, it was always going to be the case that some boys are going to miss out. A chance to hear a bit more about Wynne Jones from someone who played with him at Premiership and regional level. Emma Phillips, now coaching Carmarthen Quinns, part of our roundup of some more of the Premiership clubs. Emma Phillips, Carmarthen Quinns. What's the feeling in uh, Carmarthen looking ahead to this season? Yeah, we're pretty excited to be fair. We had uh, obviously last year uh, wasn't our best season, did enough to stay up, but I think this year we're going to be a lot more positive. Hopefully, um, you know, last year I felt as if a lot of the clubs who weren't fighting for that top four spot were kind of looking behind them rather than in front of them. So this year is definitely. Um, much more of a positive vibe going into the season. Uh, we've got a few recruits in and a couple of younger boys are coming to training, so I just think standards and, and sessions have been much improved from last year already. I was going to ask about that because we expect to see you up in the top group of clubs. Once you're not quite there, was last season a sort of one-off, just a completely different vibe about it? Yeah, you know, we lost the first game and all of a sudden everything's relegation rather than above, so um, we had a really tough spell in November, December, a couple of injuries, really tough run, run of games, so... Um, yeah, it was one of those years I think everyone felt in the same situation really where if you're not going to win it, it's kind of making sure you're there the following year. So um, we're kind of lucky towards the end of last year we, we saw blood in a few younger boys and uh, I think we're going to reap the rewards of that early on this year hopefully. As a young coach coming in with all that experience at levels above as a player, did you learn a lot from last year? Yeah, I would say learn every week. I probably learned every day but um, especially the first few weeks. I value this competition massively. I think it's huge for the development of younger players. Having come through it myself, and you know, if you look at the current Welsh squad, knowing you know, Win Jones, Kabi, Shingler, Sanjay, all came through this competition, and I've got a huge value in this competition. I know how tough it is, especially for young front five players. So, yeah, I'm a massive fan of the Premiership. Know how tough it is. So, yeah, as a coach coming into it, you know, I just knew every week was going to be a challenge, every game. So, yeah, especially with the 30 games and the four going down last year was a, a massive learning curve for me. So, hopefully. Um, Personally, as well, it can go a lot better this year. I wonder if Win Jones, maybe of all that group you name, is the poster boy because he wasn't part of the academy structure. He learned his trade by Dovery, and obviously, look at him now. Yeah, I know. I think I played my first game alongside winning the Premiership. He'd, uh, he stepped up from the youth, he had a bit of a tough time. You probably won't mind me saying that, but then he came along. You know, he's probably a lot too light when he started playing, kept on digging in, kept on digging in, put the work in, put the effort in the gym, and then, you know, his last few years in the Premiership, he was exceptional. So, he made that step to regional rugby pretty easily and you know I'm, I'm always convinced that a lot of the younger boys will find scrummaging harder in the premiership than regional level because you know we've got a few old heads there maybe um, referees give there's a bit more leeway so um, yeah like I said front five especially the premiership is huge for development and I, I think uh, it should be used that way really. you ever see him play tight Yeah it was, he made his debut actually for 10 minutes of tight dead against Neath when I was playing so uh, yeah he ended up on top of the second rows a few times that day but you know his body shape and his strength his strength is his scrummaging, he loves it, he's got a great mentality to scrummage, so I think you know he's going to slot straight into that and potentially in the future maybe that's where he'll be, but I definitely think he's got the, the ability to do it and he, and he deserves that place on the plane. Back to Carnarvon, who's come in, who's going to make a difference to you this year? We've brought a couple of front rowers in, so we've brought Ollie Evans in, who's Rob Evans' brother, and Ben Lung is home from France, so those have looked really well. Morgan Griffiths, the winger from Cardiff, is back, looks really sharp, he's had a couple of games with the A-League, and we're just really excited. We had Lewis Millen last year, a young flanker with us, who played every game. He was our player of the year and he's exceptional. And He's been rewarded with a few sessions with the Scarlet Seniors this year and he's with, currently with the A-League, so when he comes back to us, I'm really excited to see how he goes. But, yeah, we've kept a good bunch of last year and, like I said, we've picked up four or five really good recruits which have added both on and off the field already. 
and Nick Roberts, backs coach at Swansea. What's the feeling of Swansea? Because obviously, at one point, you weren't guaranteed to be in this league, came through it last season. How does it feel this year? Good, I think, obviously, the club have worked hard to re-establish themselves as a Premiership team. It, it was a challenge last year, but I think the club are really pleased to be back in the Premiership and, and well-established now. The challenge is, is to maintain that. It's uh, a streamlined Premiership. It's going to be a, a tough season, no easy games, but I think we're looking forward to mixing it amongst all the other sides. With four going down, plus one in the playoff, having survived that, is that better than finishing mid-table? Does it, does it give you more of a boost? It was a challenging year all round. I think what was nice was we won a number of games and it was in our hands. You know, We weren't sort of reliant on other sides. We made sure that we were secure. The challenge is, is making sure we progress again next year. And a young coaching team, how are you all finding it? Yeah, a young coaching team. Hugo Staffson's been uh, named as head coach and he's leading the side really well. Another key part of the Welsh Rugby Pathway is the Schools and Colleges League, which kicked off this week. Liz Jones found out more from a few of the coaches. Lee Davis, Head of Rugby, Colliga Camoyth. How are you looking at this season as champions? It's a difficult one really because we've only had two sessions in our home. We didn't do our first game so we had a lot of boys with the Blues under 18 so we literally, we've had no time with them at all over the summer. Uh, with the regional campaign we got kind of four or five boys unavailable through academy commitments and things as well. So it's one of those until we get on the field and really... I'm a bit kind of hesitant and not sure where it's going to go, but looking at names on paper, we should we should be competitive as we always are. Obviously, you're producing players within the area, yeah. and the college is doing well year on year. How do you see the progress of this competition? I just think from a competition perspective, when we play a lot of fixtures over the bridge and things against you, you like to see your Harpies and your extra colleges. We play in the AOC competition as well with our second team. So we chat into these kind of ace colleges and that type of thing. And they're quite envious of what we got as a product. I mean, and they kind of, they see the value in developing youngsters through this kind of pathway where they not only get a non-field exposure and the quality coaching that they do throughout the league, but they also get that media side of there with you guys as well, which is, is invaluable then when they make the step up into that kind of, fingers crossed, that pro game and uh, national age region and those type of things. And they're not just dropped in here. They can almost learn and make a few errors at this kind of level. So by the time they get to that top end, they're quite seasoned in it. So I, I think it's an amazing product, which would be a, a travesty if it disappeared now. I think all the hard work to get it to where it is, the analysis, the referees, even the academy referees coming through the programme, doing they doing exactly the same thing. They're cutting their teeth and developing. I just think it's a good breeding ground to allow all those different elements, whether it's an SNC coach, an analyst, a referee, whatever it is, coaches, players, I think is a real good breeding ground for all those kind of uh, hopefully future professionals in whatever field they're in to develop. Do you think that the players and teams step up a level in the TV games? Oh, without a doubt, you speak to my boys now, uh, because it's straight on telly, it seems as big as a regional game, it's as much of a buzz around it as a regional game because of that profile, do you mean? And like, there's a real good buzz around it, that TV element of it definitely uh, gets the boys a little bit more nervous, a little bit more excited, it's, it's great. And who do you see as your main rivals this season? Uh, again, I think if you'd gone back five or six years, I'd probably two, three, maybe four teams that were there or thereabouts. If we look at now, the last two or three seasons, the top half of the table could, were all potentially beating each other, which is one side of it. It's quite sad that the playoff thing has gone because we had the playoffs 
it was three seasons ago. We just pipped Glantaff and uh, Cigar just pipped, it was Gwent in the semi-final and they were really close encounters so I just think it's probably five or six teams there this year that are really capable and really got good squads. You're looking at Cardiff and Avail, you're looking at Cigar, you're looking at your Glantaffs, you're looking at your Gwents and your Newport Highs and things. All the kind of main feeders to those regions are all, they're always strong and they're always going to be strong I think because it makes sense for the boys to go to those colleges or schools that they're going to feed into those regions because they know they get an RA licence programme with their S&C provision, their analysis provision and that type of thing to develop them on the regional front as well. So I think the more we expose these boys, the stronger the league is going to get. But I think it's going to be an exciting competition this year. Really looking forward to it. No pressure. No, none at all. <laughs> Rob Stoli, rugby manager, Newport High Rugby Academy. How have things developed rugby-wise in the school over the last few years, especially being in this competition? The backing of the school is phenomenal. The setup down in now to accommodate the development of the players is second to none, especially with the emphasis on their academic studies complementing what they should be as rugby players. I suppose a great compliment is last weekend, the Dragons um, A team, then the 23s, looked at the team sheet, 12 of the boys involved in our squad were our players from three or four years ago. So from that point of view, the development cycle at the minute is, is something we're very proud of at Newport High. Yeah, and it's adding to the health of Dragons at especially this level and routine, etc. Yeah, the Dragons is as a region. I think it's it's got a great reputation for the development of players, the pathway there, and um, we've got some real exciting players that are hopefully, I think, this year now uh, we'll, we'll put a claim for the, the first team jersey, and in behind them there, there's there, there's players that are coming into it, so. The region, from that point of view, I think is very, very strong. That's, that's obviously my inside knowledge, but knowing what James Chaplin and, and the guys down here have done, so really positive from that point of view. And, and the programmes like what we run at Newport High, to development at this age of the under-18s, this college league really underpins that, and, and it's, it's so complementary to the regional under-18s league that over the course of the two seasons, you know, the player coming in at under 16 is phenomenally better for it when they leave at 18. And if they've got the opportunities of the rugby, it's obviously amazing. But uh, underlining that, if they haven't quite got the opportunities, maybe they didn't quite make it or whether the perceptions are different, they've got their academic background as well. So if they've got opportunities to go to university, continue another three years of rugby. And with this new under-23s league, you'll still get picked up when you're 22. So for Welsh rugby... That the opportunity to develop early or late is, is phenomenal at the minute. And your aims in this competition? Uh, my aim is just to see boys develop. We're very strong-minded down there. We'll, we, now and again, you know, we'll try and identify what is our best team to play on the Wednesday. And, and now and again, we do that. But more often than not, it's about who's done what in the week, who deserves the opportunity to put the, the jersey on. And, if we get that right, it just means that a little bit more. So we get involved in the chorus league, we get the fixtures going as well. We just like to see boys playing. I love the boys playing on a Wednesday. They get the opportunity to wear the jersey if they've earned it, which means something a little bit different for them, hopefully. And obviously we support the youth programme as well. So the boys are playing youth rugby on the weekend. You know, over the course of the two years, I, you know, I, I just don't see how you can develop much better than that. On the day the Wales squad headed to Japan to represent the nation in the 2019 Rugby World Cup, the Welsh Rugby Union, in conjunction with teachers around Wales, launched an initiative to inspire a whole generation of primary school children to learn through rugby. 
more than 250 pupils at Asgore Santa Stedville, Mirtha performed a passionate send-off for the team with a rousing rendition of Henblad van Haddai and a heartfelt team talk from one year six pupil. Thomas Williams. In the assembly I did a speech about motivating Wales for the World Cup. And I think it went pretty well meeting Sam Warburton and, and Kelsey. So in the class now we're doing mathematics about, well, in my group we're doing mathematics about the Welsh flags. And it's going well. I had to teach Sam Warburton a bit of maths earlier and a bit of Welsh as well. So it's been going really good so far. How did you go about writing your speech? What did you feel you put into that? I did have a little bit of help by the teachers but I just thought about how I needed to motivate Wales so I had to put the most motivating things I could think of related to rugby in a speech. Do you think the whole school now are fully behind the team? Yeah, hopefully, (laughs) yeah. What do you enjoy about using rugby in in your class like this? I personally love rugby. I'd love to do it more, like in the class and stuff like this, so it's perfect. My name's Evan Jones. I just play rugby outside school and it's, it's brilliant that they've brought it into school too. How do you hope Wales will get on in the World Cup? Oh, we're going to win. We're going to win, aren't we? Yeah. 100%. Definitely going to win. Excellent. And the whole school's behind them, yeah? Yeah. So I'm Lynn Rose Jones, I'm acting head at Esco Santos Tidville, deputy head the rest of the time. What can you say about the project? Obviously you've been part of it from the beginning. For sure, it's made the rugby game come from the field into the classroom. Absolutely sure about that. And we have children here who were totally switched off to rugby, weren't interested at all. They're predominantly football fans here in Merthyr, especially the younger ones. And they have absolutely been transformed into loving rugby, the game, and watching on a Saturday. Lots of them now have, have joined their rugby clubs, so they've had more intake in their rugby clubs. Our rugby team most definitely have had more people stay in, but more important than any of that, I'd say, is the way that it's been integrated into our learning activities and the possibilities in school with rugby are endless now so for example we have people who wanting to talk people who wanted to commit to lessons and share experiences that were before a little bit too shy to do that and rugby has definitely enabled them to do that and the passion for the game they are definitely more interested in the history of the game the traditions looking at other countries and looking in depth into other countries traditions and hackers and lots and lots of numeracy tasks where you can use the statistics as the focal point lots of literacy tasks this morning they've been sending their good luck messages and they've done that in so many forms we've had tweets we've had poetry we've had japanese writing we've had good luck messages we've had speeches so it's limitless where this can go do you think it can actually improve people's ability to learn and how much they achieve not only kind of academically but with their well-being too most definitely with their well-being because we've seen boys predominantly share more than they usually do some of the children who have been withdrawn as soon as they're holding a rugby ball they forget that they're talking and so the focus is on the rugby ball but they're actually divulging how they feel just confidence i think that things like the rugby world cup gives you a focus as a school anyway and it's a a sense of coming together and bringing everyone together and so there's a definite sort of family feel they feel united at the moment and so that comes across in their learning and obviously as teachers you wrote the task so you know exactly what you can get out of it for the pupils and for your schools 
Absolutely. I think that because there's a, there were a group of teachers who came together initially to sort this and to just discuss at the beginning how we could integrate rugby into the school and into this, the classroom setting. And I think what we did was decide to start every rich task with a question. And that question was really broad, which meant that you could listen to pupil voice and then the children could steer it. And I think that's really important with the new curriculum. You've got the freedom with rugby to be able to do that because, like I said, it's limitless. You can go anywhere with it. Fascinating stuff for you. So most eyes on Japan. There's still plenty going on domestically. More for the World Rugby Union podcast next week. Until then, goodbye.